You're listening to a podcast by Abide Church and Pastor Dan DeBell in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We pray this podcast helps you live, love, and look more like Jesus this week. Enjoy the message. I have one verse I want to very quickly read before we get started, before I call my, my special friend and guest up here. Colossians 3, 5 through 10. So many times we wonder, well, what's a Christian man look like? What is he supposed to live like? What is he supposed to talk like? Here you go, Colossians 3, 5 through 10. So put to death the sinful, earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still a part of this world. Get that. You used to do these things. But now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. There's our blueprint. Why would I want to watch a show with the F-bomb in it? Here's where God's been taking me the last two, two and a half, three years. Son, throw out the trash. If I can't sit and watch that boob tube, that stupid TV set, without my grandkids on my knees, do I need to watch it at all? Oh, but it was a good movie, Randy. It was a good movie, except for a couple parts. There's a couple places where, you know, just a half-naked woman. But it was a good show, lots of action. Lots of guys getting blown up and killed. Be a godly man. It's not a perfect man, but it's choices we make every day. Because our life is building a road that leads to Jesus Christ or it leads someplace else. Your friends, your family, everybody that knows you either wants to get on that road and follow you or says that's a bunch of bull butter. He's a fake. He's a hypocrite. It's a joke. That's the weight that's on us as men. And it's time to be a man. And when something's wrong and when something's sin, I wish I had that verse right now. But there's a verse in there that we're called to expose and rebuke sin. And I know men that won't even take their teenage son aside and tell him, you shouldn't be looking at that. What my son does is his own business. And I'm like, man, do you want my opinion on that? Because I'll sure give it. (laughs) Oh, man, do I have an opinion on that. I was hard on my three sons. But I look at the the end product. I look at them as men, as husbands, as fathers. Man, God's good, and that's what he wants in your life, your legacy to be something that goes on generation after generation after generation. All right, I have a very special, special guest here today, Ephraim Taylor. Come on up here. Come on up here and have a seat. Take a Let's get his picture of him and his family up there. I want you to look at this guy. He's tough. He's got a wife and five kids. 
<laughs> You're tough when you have a wife and five kids. But I look at that guy, I look at that precious family, and I've got to know them pretty good. But Ephraim, I want to tell you something. I love you. He is my accountability partner, and we're going to talk about this today, the importance of it, that no matter what age you are, and I'm so glad for the older generation that's here today. You know, I'm that. I'm 60 years old. I'm one of the old gray-haired guys now, one of the papas, one of the grandpas. Man, I'm good with that. I'm almost half your age. Tell me about it. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, you think about that, and it's just, man, what, where'd the decades go? We can go ahead and kill that picture. Yeah, we're done looking at, at Ephraim. It's, uh, but, you know, accountability. And today, very quickly, we're, we're going to talk up till about almost 730 about accountability. And uh, what's the point? And you might ask why. Well, looking at our notes here, I just gave you my notes because I thought, man, I know guys sometimes don't like to write, and I just threw my notes out on the table. If you need a copy or whatever, uh, Parker will get you a copy of these. But what's the why of accountability? It's to live, love, and look like Jesus more than we ever have. Without accountability, we will never grow into the man God wants us to be. And sinful pride will tell you you don't need it. That's where I was at. That's where I was at, Ephraim, for decades. I, was, I, got, I asked Jesus to come into my heart when I was five years old. Been a Christian for 55 years. Been known nothing but church and God's wonderful blessings. Has it been a perfect life? Have I been a perfect man of God? No way. Have I gone down the road called stupid? You better believe I have. And I paid for it and my family paid for it. There's no perfection here, but the grace and restoration of Jesus Christ. And as I aged, I thought, I don't need him. I don't need him asking me questions. It's nobody's business. I've been doing this for 55 years. I'm just fine. And I realized I was an ass and a jerk and I was grumpy, and I was mean. And some of you guys here worked with me, and you saw it firsthand because I was way up here. My pride said, Randy, you're just fine. And I wasn't. I wasn't fine. Speak into that, Ephraim. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I um, kind of wanted to just talk about how we got started because it wasn't just, hey, we need this, so let's start this. Um, some of you know, some of you don't, me and my wife are, we were almost on the, we're on the second year of planning to uh, move into the mission field. And as we, we started last year before the Rona, um, we were asking for fundraising and stuff like that. And we ended up going to Randy's house, uh, Randy and Helen and asking for money that's right. us up for cash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. And as a guy, that's hard. Cause that's swallowing some pride. Um, that was a whole nother talk, but, uh, they, they invited us over and they cooked us dinner and it was awesome. And we talked for a long time, probably way past Randy's bedtime. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, uh, 
we were there and the next day I was just thinking about it and they said they'd pray about what they could do and, and it was an awesome conversation but I just had the sense to like, I knew that once we go, I would be isolated as a man and I knew that that was wrong on the sense of a mission field. Like I'm going to be on the other side of the world with nobody that I know. I need somebody that I can call and keep me in line and so I asked Randy, hey, when we go, uh, will you be that guy? And uh, after thinking about it, after like a week, after he said, yeah, I was like, why don't we start now? And he goes, okay. And then he suggested five in the morning. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it's interesting because of all the pride we both have like really fought. I don't know if, I, I don't think I ever would have asked you to do this if not the weight of, hey, because I'm going on the mission field. But all of that aside, this has been this has been so much because it's meant so much because it's helped me grow through all the struggles of the last year, all of just life. This has been uh, amazing, and it's interesting because I was I was talking to one of my people I looked up to from years ago uh, when I was 15. I traveled with a, a, a missions group that broke boards, broke concrete, as martial arts team, and he gave me a card, and I meant to bring it, I forgot, but he gave me a card. That's almost 18 years ago and said, you need an accountability partner. And through all the years of cleaning and just throwing stuff that I don't use away because I hate keeping stuff that I don't use, I've never been able to throw that card away. And I told him this week, I, I, I called him and I talked to him. Uh, I, I, I've never forgot that need, like you need an accountability partner. But you know what kept me away from that was pride. And that's been one of our biggest talks through the last year so it's been just over about a month over a year since we've been talking every Friday morning at 5 a.m. and you know I don't wake up at 5 a.m. any other day but Friday but I wake up and I'm excited about it uh, because it has changed my life and it's helped me get through this year um, so I'm I love you and I'm grateful and you know before this saying I love you to another guy was a bit hard you know but it's, it's helped soften my heart. I've been on a journey. There's some mountain men brothers over here, and I know Dan's been on a mountain men trip, and that has softened my heart a lot. Being able to go and talk to a group of guys about your problems, about your joys, about all those things is, is, is great. But it's been amazing beyond just that because I see Ben over here, and we've talked, and I can pretty much walk up to Ben, and we could start a conversation, and I could be pretty open uh, with Ben because uh, we have been, about, about anything. We talk about the Word, and we talk about healing, and it, it's amazing. But there's something amazing about having the intentionality of another guy every week. You know, there's, when we first started, there was some stuff we were going through, and it was funny that I was going through it, and he was going through almost the same thing. I texted him one day, and I didn't really want to, but I did. I was like, hey, I just dropped the F-bomb. I was really mad at work, and he laughed, and he said, he, he said something else three or four times. So we had a good laugh about it, and then we talked about it. And it was funny how about three or four weeks went by, and it kept happening. And then I don't remember which one of us just said, enough is enough. But because he built me up to stop, and it's like, hey, this is a line we're not going to cross anymore because that's what it says in the Word. And we're not perfect. It's not about being perfect. It's about holding each other accountable. And your wife is not your accountability partner. That's garbage. Because there's things that you probably shouldn't tell your wife. And we've talked about those things. Good. Good.
Totally, totally agree with that. And, and you know, just so you know, we probably aren't going to get through these notes because, like, last month I came with two pages of notes. I sat, got up here, and the Holy Spirit said, don't talk about that. And, man, I had prepared. It was all, the name of it was Sheepdog or Pussycat. Which one are you? And, man, I was going to let you guys have it, you know, because the Holy Spirit nailed me big time. And, you know, and so I took the notes, cribbled them up, and we just talked. And so we don't get through all these notes. It's no big deal. But you have all those notes, so you kind of know where we're headed. But let's kind of talk real quick about what makes a great accountability partner. You know, at first, when Ephraim brought this up, I thought, well, yes, I could be a great mentor and a great idol to this young man. It's funny, when we used to work together and do some uh, serve at a church together and volunteer and stuff, and... Uh, I'd laugh and make fun because everybody, when we had a demo night, when we would come and, and we were just going to demo a whole area, it was Ephraim is going to be on my team. Ephraim is mine. You guys can have 12 guys, but Ephraim is my guy. And uh, working with this guy, I loved his work ethic and the way he got after things. And I remember one time we were pulling out carpet, old glue down carpet in, in the sanctuary. And it had all been wetted down, trying to soften the glue, and we're pulling it up in strips. And I'm hanging onto a hunk of carpet with this guy, right? And my feet are off the ground half the time. He's lifting me. He's lifting the carpet. I'm just going along for the ride, you know. And I'm just like, man, I'm on the A-team, and I'm not even breaking a sweat here. I'm just riding on his coattails. But, you know, I thought, man, I can be his mentor, and I'll do a great and wonderful things for this young man as he prepares for the mission field. But you know what happened? When I surrendered my pride and my greatness and my great humanity and manliness and said, Lord, I surrender. I surrender to this young man. What, 25 years younger than me? Something like that. Pretty close to that. I'm 33. Oh, yeah. It's more like 27 if my math is correct. But so, gentlemen, you know, speaking even to the older generation, it's like, what can a 33-year-old pour into me? What's he got to say that I haven't heard in the last 60 years? He's got nothing for me. That's where my mind wanted to go. What in the world do you have for me? And, and you know, I had to realize that I had to humble myself that and God has used you to change me and to soften me. I think a great scripture to represent this is Ecclesiastes 4, 12 through 13. It says, and though a man... And though a man, or let's see, and though a man might prevail against him who is alone, two will withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. I've always heard that verse, but I never heard the next one. It says, "Better is a poor and wise youth than an old and foolish king who will no longer know how to receive counsel." Yeah, I've never heard that second verse until I read that. Till we started preparing for this, and I don't want to be that old guy in thirty years who won't receive counsel. And if you don't want to be like Randy three years ago, um, it starts now for you young guys. And for you older guys, don't be, don't be so prideful that you can't take counsel for someone, from someone younger. And that goes for myself included because I've, my my, I've heard my oldest son who's 14 say some really silly things. But he said some good things too. And am I going to be so prideful that when he says something that is good that I can't listen? You know, and I think that's just part of that, keeping yourself humble. That's really good. And, and, you know, so the accountability partner thing is you're not hunting a mentor. 
Somebody way up here that's just going to pour into you and pour into you and hold you accountable and pour into you and pour into you. It's a two-way street. It's a two-way street, the accountability partner. And it's such a wonderful thing. Well, here's four very quick non-negotiables for uh, choosing an accountability partner. Just like Ephraim said, you want to look for a godly man that is not a spiritual wimp. We didn't say perfect, but he needs to know God. He needs to know this word. So when I'm hurting, struggling, needing, he said, man, what does God's word say? He'll shoot me a scripture. He'll, and once again, it's not your wife, it's not your mom, it's not your fiancé, it's not your girlfriend. You know, your wife shouldn't uh, have to wake you up in the morning and say, hey, honey boy, did you read your Bible today? Did you praise Jesus today? Honey boy, are we going to church tomorrow? Are you kidding me? Men, you lead. You're already up. You're helping with the kids. You got the car warmed up. We're going. We're going to church. We're serving God. That is the kind of man. And so many, and a lot of character traits we, we share. A lot of thoughts on uh, work and work ethic. And at the end of the day, I want to see production and turn around and say, look, look what we got done today. Look what we built today. And I know Ephraim is the same way with, with what he does. But that is not your wife. It is not your mom. And I've heard guys say, well, my accountability partner is my wife. No. No, she's not. She is not your accountability You know, God uses my wife a bunch in my life. She's kind of the Holy Spirit in my life. You know what I'm saying? And taps me on the shoulder and helps me in many ways. When I've got a wonderful comment, all prepared to spit right out there. A little squeeze on the knee. A little elbow a little bit uh uh-uh and i know i need to shut up she's told you to shut up a lot hasn't she yes she has sometimes i obey sometimes i disobey so there you have it so number two this has got to be a guy that you admire and respect if i don't admire and respect you i'm not going to receive from you it's just like with a pastor whatever church you attend you need to admire and respect and be loyal to that man of God because he is anointed to be your shepherd. It's same way with your accountability partner. You admire him. You're, you're loyal to him. One thing I didn't put down there, but as you and this accountability partner are talking, what you talk about stays right there. I know a lot of mornings, you know, after we've spent an hour talking on the phone and that hour just zips by, all of a sudden it's done. And there's times, you know, my wife even says, well, how's Ephraim doing this morning? Well, honey girl, let me tell you, this guy is a lustful sack of crap. I mean, he can't keep his mind off women. He is just, you know, on a grease pole straight to hell. Uh Uh-uh. What we've talked about stays between us. Ephraim's doing great. He's a godly man, and he poured into me this morning. But you don't go bouncing off. Oh, man, you know what Ephraim Taylor told me? That's not integrity. That's not godly. It's not what a man does. And so there's times you keep your mouth shut. There's times that you don't share that. Once again, he's a man of integrity, honesty, and truth. Number four, it's a man you love, just what Ephraim said. You know, It's been easy for me to, to tell my sons, I love you. And to hug them and to love on them. 
I grew up with a dad that didn't do that. I never got any hugs. We never played. He, not until he got almost on his deathbed did he get to the place where he could say, Buzz, I love you. And I thought, as a, even as a kid growing up, I'm not going to be that kind of dad. My dad was a good man. He loved Jesus. But I'm going to hug my kids. I'm going to kiss them. I'm going to play with them. And to this day, we still are out in the yard. We've got three acres. When all the kids come over, we're out in the yard. We're throwing a football, a frisbee. They're hitting golf balls. Me and the grandkids, were on the trampoline. But it's, it's plain. It, it's, but, you know, you've got to have a relationship with, with that man. It's a man of integrity, honesty, truth, a man you love. You love him enough to drill into his life and expose sin and to let him drill into your life. Here's a great verse, and then I'll cut you loose, brother. 1 Samuel 20, verse 30 and 34. This is a verse about friendship. This is, has to do with David and Jonathan and Saul. I, I read this the other day, and it blew me away. Verse 30, 1 Samuel 20, verse 30, it says, Saul boiled with rage at Jonathan. Jonathan was his son. He said, you stupid son of a whore. He swore at him. Do you think I don't know that you want him, talking about David, to be king in your place, shaming yourself and your mother? And then jumping down to verse 34, here's Jonathan's response to his dad after his dad just cursed him. And what he called him, and even called his mother. Jonathan left the table in fierce anger. He refused to eat on the second day of the festival, festival, for he was crushed by his father's shameful behavior towards David. He wasn't crushed because of what his dad said to him, but he was crushed because of the way his dad treated his friend. That's the kind of friend I want to be. That's the kind of friend I want in my life. Yeah, it's definitely a two-way street with both of them. I'm sure they both held each, kept each other up. But kind of what I want to talk to is, is love him enough to drill into his life and expose sin. Um, you have to be willing to do that for yourself, too. You have to be willing to be surrendered to yourself and to what God's telling you to do. Because, you know, I've heard people, I've heard people say like, well, what's your deepest, darkest secret or whatever they, they call those things. And I don't really have one because in the last five years I've gotten to where I just pretty much have put everything out there between mountain men groups or guys or Randy. Because I don't think you should be walking around with that because that's just weight that you don't need to carry. Say everybody has it. Great. Expose it. If you have that, if you have this dark, deep, dark secret that you haven't told anybody, you need to. Because what the Bible says, it's going to go back to word because this isn't my opinion. It says, confess, your, confess to one another, therefore, your faults. In the Amplified Version, it says, your slips, your false steps, your offenses, your sins, and pray also for one another that you may be healed and restored to spiritual tone of the mind and heart. The earnest pray of all righteous man makes uh, tremendous power available. Um, basically, when you, you, know, you mess up, you, Jesus died and you were saved one time. He doesn't die every time you mess up. He died one time and he paid for everything one time. 
you know, and, and that's not just escape for everything. When we mess up, like we do stuff wrong, I go, I tell Randy, hey, you screwed up this week. Hey, I was tempted with lying two days ago. Guess what? I told him about it. I didn't lie, but I thought about it because you know who's the first person I thought about when I thought about it? It was Randy. Well, I'm going to have to tell Randy if I do. <laughs> but how many times, how many times in our lives is like, well, you know what? Nobody's going to find out. Nobody's going to whatever. But that's not integrity. And this isn't easy to live out. It, you know, I've, I've battled stuff the whole week knowing Friday's coming. Well, I'm going to tell him. And it's kind of over the last year, and it's been cool over the last year, it's, it's real easy. I got, I'll jump the gun sometimes and just text him, like, hey, struggling with this this week. And it's not out of shame. Never. And, you know, he's told me stuff, too, that he was struggling with. Stuff I, you know, normally wouldn't tell anybody. Like, oh, I'm struggling with this. I'm struggling with this on my own. But that's pride. Do you want to be better or not? And that's kind of, I think that's, you know, if I feel that I need to ask him something, I will. And if he feels he needs to ask me something, he will. And there's nothing off the, there is nothing off the table. And it's amazing. And there's an amazing healing that comes from that. There's a growth that comes from that because you can let that go. Because if you're holding deep secrets inside, that's just weight that's holding you. And that's going to stop you from growing as a man. It's going to stop you from growing with God. Go ahead. That, that's so good. And, and, you know, I was thinking about that as you're talking. And, you know, God can't bless anything you won't surrender. God can't bless anything you won't surrender. I don't care if it's money. I don't care if it's time. I don't, a sin. And for many years, you know, there, there's things that a lot of times men just want to pack away, hide away. Bottle it up. Yeah. That's what I did for years. Oh, for sure. And, and, you know, you talked about at times we text each other. And without revealing any deep, dark, sinful secrets here, I'm going to read some texts that we've sent back and forth to each other over the, the past few months. And, and some of them are funny. Some of them are, were, were a gut kick for me. But this guy, he comes up with, what are you known for? What's your reputation? I, well, wish, I wish I could take credit for that. I got that from someone else. <laughs> well, you, you stole a good one, let me tell you. But to me, it was a gut punch. It was a slap across the face. It was, well, I'm Randy. Everybody likes Randy, <laughs> right? I'm a good guy. But I found out otherwise. As I talked to people, as I opened myself up, as I surrendered things, I found out I wasn't such the wonderful person I thought. Another thing he asked me or texted me was this, are you known for love? Are you known for love? Do you love people? Are you a protector? Do you take care of people? Polite. Open doors for people. I mean, It says God is love and we're supposed to represent God. And this, this was a gut punch to me, too, because I don't know that I always am either. Yeah. Am I known for love? And then you got to read 1 Corinthians 13 and find <laughs> out what love is. That's good. Here's some more. Here's one. Have you fasted? And then the confession, I haven't been. Hey, I got some firewood for you. Here's one. Gluttony is the Christian sin that is acceptable. Mm. Oh, this is a real deep one here. I hate double stuff. Oreos. <laughs> and when he said, I hate double, or, double stuff because it's too sweet, 
I thought, okay, give me your man card. <laughs> it's all about double stuff Oreos. Uh, oh, here's a good one. No beer or weed for me. <laughs> You're looking at me like, what are you going to say next? <laughs> the enemy's weapons are hitting your shield and dying. Oh, here's a really good one. You guys will appreciate this. You, you single guys, you need to plug your ears, okay? Stayed in bed an extra hour this morning and had sex. It was a good day. You know it's okay to talk about that stuff with your accountability partner? If you're a married man, it's good. I think he even asked me one time, are you having sex with your wife? Well, that's none of your dang business if I'm having sex with my wife. You know what? It's biblical, and it's healthy, and it's right. And men, if you're married, you should be having sex with your wife. And if you're not married, no. You shouldn't be pawn on some young lady, even if you're engaged. A lot of times we get engaged, and oh, we're going to get, we'll be married in two, three months, and it makes so many things okay. It's sin when you're outside the bounds of marriage. Young men, it's sin. You shouldn't be pawn any young lady. Go ahead. Yeah, say one of the biggest, I don't know the stats on it, I'm just thinking about it, one of the biggest uh sins in the christian world is is sex and pornography right but yet we're unwilling to talk about it i would say that that's a problem yeah. well, that, that's good and and that's what this is all about this whole man up thing it's to take the mask off a lot of times we we stroll into work our home our church and everything's fine i'm perfect it's all good we had a, just a hellish week i'm fine and we have this mask of, I'm macho, I'm strong, I never fail. The truth needs to come out and be exposed. The mask, I hope this becomes a place where the mask comes off. You just be you. Just be you. Here's, here's two more texts that I came up with. Uh, could I borrow your belt, Sander? Yes, you can. I fought lust today. And this is one I sent Ephraim this last week as our family was, was attacked. And I said, I'm, I can't hardly say it. I said, I'm heartbroken. My heart hurts for my family. And that's where he stepped in. That's the importance of an accountability partner. That when you're broken, when you're tempted, when you're ready to step into that pit or you're already in the pit, there's times in every man's life when all you can say is, help me. There's been times in my life when I didn't have the skill set to fix it. I didn't have the money to fix it. There was things in our family and in my life I could not fix. Only God could. And that's when you've got to have that accountability partner that always does what? What has Ephraim done for me the last 13, 14 months? Every time he pointed me to Jesus. I got on the road that he had built That's headed to Jesus. 
He's building that road. It ain't full of potholes. The potholes have been filled. And that's the importance of it. It's life and death. It's your family. It's your family. It's your family. Let's say a pedophile broke into your home in the middle of the night and he wanted your kids. Would you welcome him in? He said, well, let me show you where their bedrooms are. Take your time. I'll be in the garage. When we let sin into our life, that's what we're doing to our family. We're kicking doors wide open. Enemy, come on into my home. When I watch filthy TV and movies and garbage and music, it's kicking open doors. It says, enemy, come on in. Welcome to my family. That's why as the man, it's time to stand. Enemy, you got nothing here. You have no power here. You have no authority here. Enemy, you have been destroyed. You are under my feet because you're under Jesus' feet. But instead, what have we done, man? We've rolled over and we just take it. That's life. That's the way it is. I'm done taking it. I'm done taking it. And I hope today you are too. I hope you're sick of it. I hope you're sick of this twisted, weird culture where there's no gender. It's wrong. It's sinful. It ain't right. You know, a little while, a couple weeks ago, we had a, a waiter or a waitress, and I'm looking at them, and I don't know if they're a male or a female. And to me, that was a real problem because I say things like, yes, ma'am, yes, sir, no, sir. Please, thank you, sir. Things like that. And I, but the Holy Spirit just said, love them. I wanted to judge them. It's like I'm sitting there looking at them. What are you? What kind of freak are you? I can't tell if you're a male or a female. What's wrong with you? My mind is raging, and I'm condemning them. But because of an accountability partner, it because... God using him to soften my heart, I was open to the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit said, love them. Be kind. Tell them what a great job they're doing. And here's the clincher. Tip big. As much as the meal or more. I love it when the waiter or waitress comes back and says, are you sure? Yeah, God loves you, I'm sure. Guys, our time is up. It's 728. Got anything close? Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, when I started out, I had a card with 10 questions on it. And when I the first meeting, I had it with me, and then we didn't use it and haven't used it since because... We both want more. We want to grow. And sometimes we have really basic, like very just simple conversations about the week and the just whatever. But it all rotates around God. It revolves around God because God is the center. But it's not always a serious, strict, I have to ask him these questions. Because I'm to the point where when I have something going on, I'm going to tell him and he's the same way. So I don't have to ask him. But that doesn't mean that I won't. 
and that doesn't mean that it doesn't come up and you know it's 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 a friendship not it you know it, it kind of accountability partner it is but it's a friendship and we have a call that we have every week and i look forward to it and it's been amazing but it required me to surrender myself and my own pride to know that i needed it it required me to ask and that's what and that's what it is and you know we can push we can push things off all the time well i don't have time i don't have this i don't have this well if i don't wake wake up an hour earlier he's been up for like 3 hours anyways so <laughs> love the morning i'm an early bird but here's quickly very quickly here's the takeaway do you have an accountability partner right now ask yourself that that who what's his name What's his name? Do you have an accountability partner? If not, are you pursuing one? I hope today if you don't have one after this, you're on the hunt for one. Because no matter what your age is, married, single, whatever, you need this in your life. It's life changing. And then the last comment or question is this. If you're not pursuing one, why are you letting sinful pride rule your life? Today, gentlemen, as we dismiss, we're going to have some guys standing up here ready to pray for you. Do not leave here sick. Your healing is here today. Do not leave here addicted. Do not leave here hurt, wounded, lonely. Prayer and having a godly man lay hands on you. God honors that. We believe prayers are answered when you pray according to God's will. What's God's will? I don't know what God's will is. Get in His Word. Here's His will. Here's the plan for everyone's life, no matter what your age. But today, don't you dare leave here. There's going to be men standing up here waiting for you. And so many times, pride says, I don't need prayer. I prayed about it. Me and my wife prayed about it. I don't even have to share it with anybody. Kick it in the head. Today, we're here for you. You will not be judged. Nothing you share with us will be shared with anybody. But today, if there's a need in your life, if you're hurt, depressed, lonely, Marriage in trouble. Finances. Today's the day. Today's the day of victory. And men, let's man up. Father, I thank you. I love you. I adore you. I praise you for these men. These men are here today because they're hunting change. They're hunting change in their life. They're hunting you today. And today we give you glory for this. It's not our wisdom. It's not our greatness. But it's you. Today we point everything to you. And today I thank you for testimonies of healing, of restoration. Maybe there's men here that need to recommit their life to the Lord. Today's the day. Today is the day. Jesus, we love you. We love you. We love you. And we ask it all in the mighty name of Jesus.
Amen. Thank you for listening to the Abide Church podcast. If you'd like to partner with us financially, or if you're in the Tulsa area and would like to attend our weekly gathering, you can check out AbideChurch.com.